0: their problems to me for as long as i can remember i have one of those faces that just says tell me what's going on and now i have one of those podcasts that says go ahead tell me what's going on welcome to mess in progress hey guys welcome to mess in progress with myself gina Briona, my lovely co-host slash everything person katherine g mendoza Catherine, say hi to the people
1: Hi, people. I just dropped my, like, something on my desk, a figurine
0: that I have. Oh, you did? I'm so sorry. I thought you were going to say <laughs> you dropped your food. I was i was really about to be upset if you dropped your food. Girl.
1: I would have been like, I would have been like, podcast over! No <laughs> more podcast!
0: I'd have been like, I completely understand, guys. Guys, today's podcast <laughs> is three seconds long.
1: <laughs> everything would have been, like, like, everything, you would have been like, oh, the of the day! <laughs> like everything would have been with a sigh. I would have been like, okay, yeah, dear Gina.
0: <laughs> dear Gina, where's my food? On the floor. Goodbye. <laughs> You're so mad. You so And your problems angry.
1: don't matter.
0: <laughs> you and your <laughs> stupid problem. So I am actually uh I am not in New York, which is hmm? very strange. Um, I am in California. Uh I have what my son angry? and my husband with me. <laughs> you can't see the face I'm doing but I'm doing a face uh, tra- this is my first time traveling outside of New York since COVID Like, um, I, that wasn't like driving distance like I went to see my parents over the holidays but even that was stressful because my parents were super paranoid rightfully so you know they have compromised immune systems both of them so it's um, It makes sense that they would be paranoid about me coming over. But I had a gig in Colorado Springs at 3E's Comedy Club, which, by the way, was super fun. If you're in Colorado Springs, head over to 3E's. They are wonderful people. And the food's pretty dang good. I'm um, not going to lie to you. I recommend the wings and the meatballs. They are delicious. Uh, and so I brought my son and my husband out to Colorado with me because I didn't want to be away from the baby that long. Um, so it's very selfish of me. I'm sure I could have left him alone with my husband, but I want him to, you know, live. So I took him with me and my husband was, you know, watching him while I was doing the shows. And it was very, I was very paranoid. I was very paranoid about traveling with him because he's an infant. So I can't put a mask on him. He'll just Mm -hmm. rip it off. Um, Airlines are very, are being as cautious as they can, but I mean, I still don't trust it. Like they still give you a, a wipey, to wipe down your area when you sit down. And I'm like, so I'm going to assume this is the second wiping down of this area and <laughs> not the okay. first wiping down of this area. Right. Uh, I had my own little Lysol spray. I had my own little wipes. You know, I was very paranoid for my son more than anything else since I'm I'm actually half vaccinated. <laughs> I did. I'm half
1: vaccinated. I'm just laughing at the half vaccinated, but that makes total sense.
0: Yeah, it makes total sense in these times where it's like I'm half vaccinated. I get my second shot later on and um, sort of made the decision on the fly
1: to mm-hmm. get
0: vaccinated because there was like an opening and then like all the New York comics are telling me that they got vaccinated just to be careful when they travel. So I was like, OK, that was a little weirded out about getting vaccinated. I'm not going to lie.
1: I'm going to ask a question. Go ahead. Pfizer or Moderna? Where, where you at? Where you at? Because I'm it's too, so it's not Johnson and
0: Johnson. No, it's not Johnson and Johnson. It's not the one and done. I got the Pfizer. I got that Pfizer.
1: Pfizer, yo! Oh wow.
0: I My asked name- the nurse too. I said, "Is there a reason? Like, was there any reasoning behind what's available to people?" And mm-hmm. she was like, "No, it's literally just what we have is what you get. Like, this mm-hmm. just it, whatever vaccine we get, you, that's the one. We don't have a choice." They don't mm-hmm. give us like a Johnson and Johnson or like they had Moderna and Pfizer, which has been a lot of the places in New York have those two. The people that I know that have gotten vaccinated here in California, which vaccinations are few and far between here, apparently, um, they've gotten the Johnson and Johnson shot. Oh,
1: they're going to die. Oh,
0: Wow. 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 <laughs> God dating.
1: One and done. One and dead. <laughs> wow.
0: Yo, that's fucking wild. That's wild. Why would you say that? I was going to get the Johnson Johnson if it was available.
1: I, I wouldn't. No. Why wouldn't you get extra protection? Like, that may, just makes more sense. It just makes more sense. After the year we had. Yeah. Come on.
0: Come I was just, on. I know, you know, people are just doing it for convenience. They're like, I just want one shot and that's it.
1: That's exactly why, because my thing is like the one, listen, if the, but here's the thing, if we were like the Johnson Johnson one shot a year and a half from now, that would make sense to me Yeah. because you've perfected the, 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 it's vaccine. like when an
0: iPhone comes out and you're like, I should wait for the next one.
1: Exactly. Where's the glitch? Mm-hmm. Where's the Johnson and Johnson glitch? <laughs>
0: Fast forward to the, the zombie apocalypse of
1: 2022. Yes. <laughs> and it's also, you want to know what the other problem is? It's Johnson & Johnson. That is synonymous with baby products. So you almost feel safer, but I don't trust it.
0: I don't don't trust it because it's Johnson & Johnson and eventually they're going to be like, and now the shot for babies. Like, no, 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 sir, no, no.
1: Yeah, I didn't think about that. No, no, no.
0: no. And there's actually people that, you know, this always comes up every year when somebody does anything big or anything, anything happens. Like if a new president is elected, he's the devil to some people. And somebody, some people are already saying that this vaccine is the mark of the beast.
1: What does that mean?
0: The mark of the beast is a a biblical idea. And Mm -hmm. I say idea to keep it open to everybody. I don't, to say it's hard fact because not everybody is Christian and not everybody believes that it's a hard fact. So it's this idea that along with the second coming of Christ will be the second coming of the devil himself, of Lucifer himself, the enemy, however you want to say it, and that that will bring the mark of the beast will be the sign that the devil is in power. And oh, so is
1: like in movies when we like six 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 behind the ears.
0: Sort of yes, but this idea was uh, apparently I believe it's in the book of Revelations, and nobody, please don't. Um, Please don't crucify me, pun intended, but not intended, um, for not knowing all of the information here. Because I'm remembering from my church days that now go back five or six years when I was really entrenched in the church, and we would talk about end of days and you know, um, the book of Revelations and how in the book of Revelations it talks about a rise to power. And in the beginning, they thought it was going to be a chip. The idea was there there would be a chip that would be implanted in people, and As you know, now they can put tracking chips in animals. So when that happened, it was like, the mark of the beast has begun. Tracking chips are now a thing. And I'm like, okay, but they've been tracking you by your phone for years. Anyway, let's not discuss that. But it's this belief that, you know, the devil is soon to be in power or already in power. So people are kind of linking the fact that Biden and what he, what, from what I understand, what he said was there are going to be certain countries that in order to fly there, you will be required to take the vaccine, the vaccine. You'll be required to be vaccinated
1: by the country, not by our country.
0: Exactly. It's required by that country. And I think what he's I don't don't quote me because I have no idea. I don't do grown up things like watch news. But from what I'm understanding from people that I've spoken to, they're like, first of all, that's been going on for years. People that need to fly to Brazil or to Thailand or they need certain vaccinations to go there and keep those people safe and keep themselves safe.
1: When I went to Ghana, I needed to get not only a visa, but I think it was a, a polio shot. I don't remember what it was. This was like a decade ago, but I definitely had to get some type of vaccine just to go there. Yeah. So like, what's the difference?
0: Exactly. I think it's, I mean, I hate to say this because, and to all my church people, to all my religious people, look, I love you. I have no problem with church people whatsoever. I had the most amazing experience at my church, so I have no ill will towards them. But I do think that it's, the extremists that ruin it for everybody mm. and it's these extremists now that are saying something like this that will prevent people from getting a vaccine that could save their lives or prevent them from getting sick
1: yes because um at the end of the day last year was crazy and we want uh, don't I, there, I just i'm not here for um putting fear into people mm-hmm. not much different than fear um like you could let people know what your beliefs are but when you're packaging it through fear, that's a problem because you could be jeopardizing their safety.
0: 100%. I do,
1: I I will challenge this statement and go, isn't it, do they want the second coming of Christ? Like they do? Well, if they want
0: that. They want the rapture. They crave these things.
1: Right. Yeah. So then this is what doesn't make sense to me. If you want the second coming of Christ and we can understand that in this world, there is no good without evil. There is no dark without light. Then you're hoping for the, 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 the second coming of, of Satan,
0: because it's, there yeah. is
1: not one without the other.
0: Well, I think they're anticipating it. They may not be hoping for it, but they're anticipating it. You have to know that that's part of it.
1: Which is, but that's my point. The more hope you put towards the former, the more hope you're just inevitably putting towards the latter. So I'm not saying that they want it, but the hope streams into both. The um, idea I
0: believe with the rapture is that all the good people, The quote unquote good people or good Christians or whatever will be lifted off of earth, taken up to heaven for their safety, for the battle that would inevitably happen between good and evil on earth. That is the idea.
1: Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have a question. Yes. This doesn't make sense to me. If there's a battle on earth between good and evil, but all the good people have left, who's fighting for good? Well, that's,
0: that would be the, the yeah. That would be God versus the devil. That's the epic battle. So God by
1: himself. Hold on. God by himself against the devil and all the badasses that stood behind. And all the
0: bad, the bad apples that stood behind are going to get marked in the process most likely because they'll have to fight for survival. I don't
1: think they're the ones who's going to get marked in that situation. I you mean, just said one against a million. I'm, one I've, against a I've million. I've
0: seen a lot of... Um, end of days like movies and the way they always have these people that haven't been raptured is like how you would picture like um what do you call those people rednecks in end of days movies where they're like, rednecks are the ones with the trucks and the guns that are shooting yeah. zombies fearlessly and fighting people and like, let's go get them. Like, yeah. that's pretty much how they depict a lot of people that are left after the rapture, that they're, they're just a bunch of people that are fighting for survival in this epic battle between, because the idea is there's going to be like, demons and craziness that walk the earth. And this is all stuff that I've heard. So if I'm leaving out stuff, please just know that I, I'm aware that I'm probably leaving out stuff. This is just off the base knowledge of what I, uh, of what I understand.
1: My only knowledge is to show the leftovers. That is
0: hilarious.
1: That's it. That's all I know. And I'm like, listen, I don't, I, this is what, why I ask. is there a kind of good category that maybe is, you know what I mean? That is like, now nah, you weren't part of the bad category. So like Satan and Jesus or, or God, who is it? Jesus or God? Who's coming through?
0: Yeah, I think, I believe it's, I mean, the big G man and the idea is they're all three connected. Like the, their oneness. They God. morphed
1: into one?
0: Well, God would be from, this is what, from my understanding. And again, this is from my understanding from a church that is not a Trinitarian church. The two, um ideas, there's the idea of oneness, which is God is the entity, the, omin- the omnipotent e- entity that rules. And okay. then Jesus is the son of God that right. comes down in physical form. He is the God in physical form. And then the Holy Spirit right. is God in spirit form, able to take over your body make you speak in tongues or bless you or whatever. So those three are technically one in the oneness. idea. Like the power Ranger. Very much like the Power Rangers, or more so like Neo. Like um,
1: right, but like I'm thinking about like in the Power Rangers when they were all in the big yeah right, and they're all inside of it going to the left. Is that what? That's what what's happening? And we're just like the the bad guys. The, and I'm I'm saying the collective. Yeah. we because I've already put you in the category of the kind of good.
0: Yeah, I would have to be kind of good. <laughs> I would have to be kind of good I, now.
1: I don't think I'm in the bad category, but I know. No. Clearly, based off this conversation, I'm not of um, the group category that they think is going to be taken.
0: You know what I had heard in church one time? And there's always... um. And this is why like religion is so crazy to me because I would consider myself a, per- a person of faith, not a person of religion. And th- there's a difference between the two because religion is man-made. Faith is an individualized thing that you can choose. You can be, your faith could be Buddhist, your faith could be anything, but it's mm-hmm. your choice. Whereas religion is so man-made and so constructed and, and just so political at times that it, it can put a bad taste in your mouth. And so mm-hmm. for, for me, like just growing up through the church, at least I grew up in one church And then chose to continue to go to churches for different reasons because I wanted to learn more about them. The idea is if you're never aware of God, if you never educate yourself and you never like learn about the story of Christianity or anything like that, then you're in the clear because you never knew. But if you knew and you chose not to worship or not to go to church, and this is always what I have a problem with if you knew and you chose not to do those things or you chose not to live, you know a Christ-like life, then you're very, very bad. You're very wrong. You're very, very bad. Um, yeah.
1: Once again, I come down to, I do not like fear-based things.
0: Neither do I. And that's I why that's fear-based. always been my issue with organized religion. Faith, I feel completely different about. Faith and spirituality, I feel completely different about than organized religion. And I, then that's coming from someone who had a positive experience in the church.
1: I mean, I have no positive or negative. I'm just like, I use the word God because that was what I was taught, but I don't think I'm using like whatever the practices are yeah. that you know come with the organized religion, but that's because I refuse to buy into the fear. I like yes. the hope. I like all of that. I don't like the the guilt. I don't like the 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 good or badness of things. Like I don't like that. I I I just I've never have. I've always felt yeah. like I don't know, it's it's pressuring. I
0: can accept the good and the bad part of it as as even without religion, they're good and bad in life. Like I know if I stab someone, no, that's a bad thing. Bad. Yes, my no. good or bad, not a collective good or bad.
1: No, I mean I don't like the you're either good or bad. Yeah. Not like is there good or bad? I can yeah. I can accept that, but I don't like the you don't do this, then you're bad. I don't like that kind of thinking because that that to me, that's wrong to do to children. Yeah, And then people who then grow up feeling like they can't be a mixture of both. That sometimes, yes, we aren't perfect human beings and we do have um, horrible thoughts or horrible wants we want sometimes, whether you act on them is different, mm-hmm. right? But I feel like what, and this is where I'll leave this with um, organized religion. What is always missing is this, um, no, better yet, there is a skewed way of teaching morality and I do not respect that. And that's as simple as it is. You can teach morality without putting fear. You know what I mean? And I feel like if somebody can come to me and teach me religion and no fear, like literally take out all the fear,
0: yeah,
1: then cool. But if you can't, again, this is where I agree with you. Belief that's different. Have systems of belief. It's very different, but I don't know. I, I that's where that's kind of why I also find the rapture thing like and the Mark of the Beast thing humorous because I'm like, you're not humorous. Your beliefs aren't humorous. To me, the idea that you don't see the conundrum and the hypocrisy of a lot of what you say.
0: Or there's the fact that you've made it ridiculous because you've labeled everything the mark of the beast and everyone the devil. When George Bush was president, he was the devil. When Clinton was president, he was the devil. You know what I mean? When Obama was president, he was the devil to certain people. And it's just like, you're just, you're throwing it out there. So now you've made it meaningless. You've now made it meaningless because you've spent so much time trying to figure out who the devil is in this scenario so that you can just be right. That You've now made yourself look ridiculous. Like now you've made a mockery of what I probably would have taken a little more seriously, had it not been a thing that just kind of turned into a joke where it's just like, really everything, everything is the second coming. Everything is Jesus, is the the devil coming at you? Like, it's like, come on guys, like this, and it is fear-based. It is a fear-based thing. It's like, it's controlling people by fear. It's Mm -hmm. giving people the option of like, well, you can be a really good person, according to these rules of what's good. You can abide by these rules and you can get into heaven, or you can be a terrible person because you don't abide by these rules and you do all these other things and you can go to hell all the while, while telling you, you have a loving, gracious, forgiving God.
1: Mm. Yeah. Again, hypocrisy.
0: Yeah. that's the issue. that's, that's the issue, but I'm just glad. Honestly, I'm glad that I had a positive experience. I'm glad that, yes, with, with the vaccine and with everything, like I haven't, I got really tired. That's it guys. Nothing else has happened. My head didn't start spinning. I didn't start, start puking green stuff. I just had a, I just got tired. That's all it was, you know? And
1: if if you're anyone like me, I've had, I've had approval for the vaccine for a while, but I have underlining health conditions. And if you're anything like me, then you should be, senior specialist, and mm-hmm. you should have that advice. Because here's the thing, Gina's experience is the common experience for people without underlying certain underlying conditions. And that's, that's amazing. But other people, the encouragement is more, understand that for you, your body is your body and you know it best and work with a doctor. And if that first doctor is like, I'm not sure, get another doctor until they're sure, until they've, you know yep. what I mean? Because that's, in the end, the one who has to live with whatever the consequences are, even if it's just getting... Sick from, from the vaccine, it's you. So make
0: yep. the decision wisely. Absolutely. Well, uh, speaking of making wise decisions, this has <laughs> nothing to do with the next subject you're about <laughs> to bring up. My transitions have gotten terrible. <laughs> so um, let's move on to why are we like this? Cause you bring up something so interesting, Catherine. Take it away.
1: Okay. As a New Yorker, yes. what's further mad far or
0: dumb far okay this is a tough one mad far or dumb? See, i feel like dumb far is like really far like mad far is like it's mad far but that's like taking the train from like queens to coney island like that's mad far that's mad far that's a long train ride but to me taking the <laughs> taking like the um, metro north to someplace upstate is dumb far where I'm like, okay, five or six hours on a train, that's dumb far. Like that's ridiculous. So that to me, I think dumb far, it's so funny because it's such a New York terminology. I think dumb far is way further.
1: It is, it is, it is, it is except circumstantially because (laughs) I have a theory, a long distance relationship is also between the boroughs So if I'm in Brooklyn and you in the Bronx, that's a long distance relationship and that's dumb far. See, there's the, there's the exception. Think about it. Cause you're right. Going from anywhere in the city to upstate, always dumb far. Going from Queens to Coney, mad far. But it's still, I'm going to the beach. So I'll do it, but I'm gonna do it once. But I like you but you live in co-op city and I live in Bushwick. That's mad far, my man. Like, I don't know, that's long distance. I don't, I don't think this is gonna work out.
0: Unless homeboy got a car, I don't think it's gonna work out because I'm not taking like three buses and a train. Like that's OD, I don't have that time, bro. I just,
1: I just told you co-op city.
0: Co- so- I, when you said it, I was like, oh dang, co-op city is far from everything.
1: From everything, like baby boy, you better live in Section Five because that's the closest section. <laughs> it's
0: the like, closest section, right there, and I don't know how comfortable I feel
1: at all. Like, and don't you dare tell me City Island. We ain't never seen each other no. ever
0: again. Relationship over. City Island. What we gonna go to? Dido Puentes. Like, what are we gonna do? Like, what are we gonna do on City Island? What are we gonna do?
1: See, here's the thing dumb far could even technically be it's it's technically mad far but it could be within the city so hypothetically i live in the lower east side i used to mess with somebody in the heights that's still dumb far and it depends on the day you know because some days i'm like it's a nice day i'll take a little walk to the a i'm gonna i'll be up there no time but then when the a wants to act up but you want to get you some and you're like I don't got cab money. This mm. is young younger me, cause now you better pay for that cab. But <laughs> but of me would have been on the train. Oh, don't try to put me on no like line one line. The one line?
0: No, no, know, no.
1: Oh, that's dumb far. That's dumb far. Sorry, sir. Sorry. That's dumb far.
0: Relationship over. I don't want to see you no more. That's dumb far.
1: No. If no, it's you- too
0: cold, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I remember young dumb me. There was a snowstorm in New York. And I was still living in the Bronx. And to understand where I lived in the Bronx, it was all the way down by the water. So I lived by Classen Point or Harding Park uh, in the South Bronx. All the way down there, all the way down. So far down, it was like almost, it was so remote, it was ridiculous. I was a couple blocks away from like the Soundview projects. If you need an area that makes more sense to people. So- when I would, when I was dating this guy, there was this guy I was dating and you know, when you're young and you're stupid and you're just, you just want to be with that person. There was a snowstorm, and I was walking through the snow. And I mean, the snow was up to my knees and I was walking through the snow to try to get to this man. And a cab driver took pity on me and <laughs> took me in his cab. And I was like, I don't have cab money. He was like, I can't watch you walk in the snow right now. I was such a sangana. I was ready to just, I was, you do dumb stuff like that when you're young. When I, when I was younger, the weather didn't matter. But now, my knees hurt when it's cold.
1: But there's an exception. I said this, I, I said this story once long, long time ago. Listen to another okay. episode, but I'm going to say it again. Okay. Okay. I I once was seeing a dude that lived around that same area, mm-hmm. the Casa Point area, right? Yeah. Now, there's a New York City shuttle boat <laughs> <laughs> it, in the summer. You, you, you just, you go up the boat, you take, you get a drink. They have drinks on the boat. You get a view of the bridges and then you get some dick. It's a good night. It's a good night.
0: It's a good night. It's a good night. It's a, in the summer,
1: in the summer.
0: In the winter?
1: In the winter, I'm not
0: gonna be no on no boat in the winter. You wildin'? You are. Uh I'm gonna feel like I'm on on the Titanic. I'm gonna be worried. I'm gonna be worried that we're gonna hit a glacier that somehow appeared in the Bronx. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Yes. No. Uh
1: huh.
0: Yes. No. Uh huh. That was great. (laughs) Yes. No. Uh huh. That was such a New York answer too.
1: Yes. No. Uh huh. So to answer the question, it's it's always dumb far if you're going anywhere outside the city limits. Yes. In the city limits, it's mad far. Unless it's the winter, then everything is dumb far.
0: (laughs) And everything is dumb. The corner store, dumb far. In the winter? No, thank you. I don't need cheese that bad.
1: Yes, like that's how I need my um real estate. Like when I'm when I'm buying or getting anything, it needs to say the train is dumb far. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not living here. I'm not living here. You know what I mean? Like I, that's how I want everything. But then again, I wanted to say mad close.
0: Yeah, you it's right? mad close, bro. Like the train is mad close.
1: Like how close? Like two blocks and two blocks and a corner. Two blocks and a corner is still
0: dumb far. what it's
1: cold. <laughs>
0: Y'all want to train a block away, bro. Not even right in front of my door. When I step out, train.
1: Yeah. No. You know what else is dumb? for anywhere? You got to be on a bus.
0: Anywhere. Anywhere. Why do I got to get on a bus? I am not a bus person, by the way. I do not do buses.
1: You know, I started being a bus person once they did the express bus. It changed everything because it's like the express train. Yeah. It is. You just be looking at these local motherfuckers on the local Wow. Stuff. Like, wow, you don't know about the express bus?
0: <laughs> Stupid. Bus people and train people are two completely different types of people. Because bus people are the most impatient people I've ever met in my life. I've never seen more fights break out than when they had shuttle buses, when the train breaks down and everybody got to load up into the shuttle bus and everybody's pushing, cutting, getting angry on the train. The most somebody might push up on you if it's like rush hour,
1: mm-hmm.
0: if it's rush hour. But for the most part, if the train, if it's light, if it's light, not a lot of people, for the most part, they're going to
1: leave you alone. They're going to leave you alone. You want to know why? Because bus culture is for the elderly. That's their domain.
0: This is true. This is true. I see way more elderly people. They don't mess with the trains.
1: Yes. They, they, you know how I know because I have to ask like one of my favorite hobbies now because I, I take the bus to go food shopping is I stand because now with the express bus, you you know, you pay ahead of time and you just get on in the back. So now I look at the bus driver, I stand right at the front door, like I'm a little 65 year old lady with my little bag. And I do this hand gesture, like, lower the bus, sir. Lower the bus, I got a roly bag. You want me to carry the, roll- I got back problems, Mr. Scoliosis. <laughs> you <laughs> would,
0: just, you are the type to look at somebody and be like, lower the bus.
1: And he's, he's just looking at you, and <laughs> this this moment of, Ahh. and I'm just looking at him like, yep, lower. Lower. I'm I need I need the wheelchair lowest.
0: I wanna see it touch
1: the floor. Yup, yup.
0: And then I, mean, I will get on.
1: But that's the that's the one thing. If you're on the bus, yo, you gotta respect elderly and handicapped culture.
0: And first of all, they need to respect short people. Lower that joint because I have little legs. I am sorry. I am not a tall person. I am a very average high person with little legs. So I need got to jump before I get in people's cars sometimes because their cars be too big. So I'm like, have a little respect for my shortness.
1: That's true. I have a question for you. I know you're not a bus person, but this is the question. Yes. You get on the bus.
0: Mm-hmm. Where do you sit? Oh, damn. Um, Depending on availability of seats Mm -hmm. I normally would go to the back because I don't like to be bothered or talked to or like interacted with and I feel like the more you sit towards the front the more people want to talk to you for some reason it's like the back is for the riffraff yeah like the back is for like the riffraff don't nobody want to talk to you when you sit in the back but when you sit in the front everybody wants to have a conversation with you yes
1: because that's where they that's their social hour you just stepped into their bar like Mm -hmm. what a conversation sit in the front me too, I always sit in the back. But I sit in the back cuz I want to watch the whole
0: bus. Me too, yeah. Like when I would say t- I used to take the bus to the gym in the morning um when I lived in East Elmhurst in Queens and I would get on the bus and I would just I remember I would just watch who was getting. I was a bunch of kids, all the kids that would go in the morning, all the kids. Kids and elderly. That's who the bus is for. Kids and like teenagers going to school and like elderly people cuz I even remember I took the bus a lot more when I was a teenager and I was coming from school. And that's probably why I hate it now because I was like, I never want to take this crappy bus again. <laughs> and I just became like a, a train and cab person because I also lived in a two fare zone. Everywhere I've ever lived has been a two fare zone. So it's always so been is- bus to train or train to bus.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. Wow.
0: So wow. that's been everywhere I've ever lived. Wow. I know. That's so, the yeah. hard knock life.
1: Yeah. I'm so- <laughs> Mm-hmm. no no you
0: bougie heifer
1: <laughs> only lived by the train and there's been buses but like those were buses like if you wanted to get somewhere else not it was necessity to get to the train i used to walk to the l train in brooklyn and then when we moved to manhattan we moved to mta real estate every train what train you want it's my favorite thing to do when people come over and they're like um what train can i take i go what train do you need? What train do you need? I got you. I got you. The only train we don't have is like the G, you know, like those those are not like city lines. But in the city? No, I mm -hmm, spoiled. That's my fortune. My New York City fortune is being next to every train. I think about it now and I go, I never want to leave this neighborhood just because like I don't want to sit, somebody invite me somewhere and I go, oh, I'm going to have to transfer.
0: Yeah. No, I'm going to have to, I need a, I need a Metro card. I need to re-up my Metro card for you. I don't.
1: That's dumb
0: far. I'm (laughs) sorry. I'm sorry. That's dumb far. And so this is dumb that we're talking about it. So (laughs) let's get into our TikTok of the day because I honestly am fascinated by this. Okay. Um, I'm going to let you read because you're the grown-up that reads well, and I'll just mess up the words. But peep this, people, because I have so many thoughts.
1: Okay. So this TikTok of the day, um, I forgot to put the name of the person. Uh, I can look it up real quick. It is... Oh. I only retained... That was it, guys. Oh. Um, <laughs> so this TikTok of the day is by at Sam underscore underscore... Doll D-0, not O-L-L. And it says, I only retained one thing from my bachelor's degree. For some reason, I had to take a psych, psych, even though I was an English major. And my psych teacher goes, okay, we're going to do a social experiment. Your significant other is going to cheat on you, but you're going to choose how. They either sleep with someone once and never speak to them again, or they sleep with someone and never have any physical interaction with them. But they have a serious emotional relationship where they're just texting someone um, all the time. He, he goes, um, he goes, put your hands up if you'd rather them just fuck once. And obviously I'm thinking everyone in the class is going to put their hands up. Then he goes, okay, now put your hands up if you'd rather the texting relationship and all the girls' hands went down and the boys' hands went up. I was shocked because I was 18. I was like, are you serious? Is there actually like a Genghis Khan gene that makes men so possessive that they would rather have a long-winded emotional relationship than have anyone touch their woman once? Anyway, money well spent. What do we think about this? And which one would we pick?
0: Ooh, so many thoughts here. because so, so it's a choice between either they sleep with someone or they never sleep with someone, but they have an emotional relationship essentially with them. Um, this is so what's weird is that any answer seems controversial. That's what it is. Like, any answer that you give seems like, why would you say you'd be okay with that? I would be much better with physical cheating because I can understand someone. And I hate to say making a mistake because people never view it as a mistake, but I can understand somebody getting drunk and messing up and, and doing something or acting out of character because of a fight or a rough time or whatever. Like I can understand that and wanting the physical affection of another person uh, because you feel like the person you're with, maybe there's a disconnect somewhere. Um, and usually with cheating, you know, there's usually some sort of disconnect. And that's why it happens in the first place. Whether it's an emotional disconnect or a physical disconnect or just something that the person is going through, they're not connected to their partner. Because I truly believe when you are connected to somebody, you just can't. You don't have the desire to cheat. There are some people that are serial cheaters, which I have met serial cheaters in my life. But again, they lack a connection to their partner. That is why they can cheat on them. They prevent a connection in the first place. Uh, I've met a couple of comics that, you know, have been in counseling for serial cheating because they just cannot create a bond with that person that makes them stop the behavior. And so physical cheating, I can kind of deal with a little bit more than emotional cheating because one, because I really believe that having an emotional connection takes so much vulnerability from someone. And when you're able to show that vulnerability to someone that is not your significant other, that to me is a way bigger issue than being physically attracted or wanting somebody else because physical attraction is going to happen in relationships. You know what I mean? Like that's naturally going to happen. You're going to look at somebody else and be attracted to them, but how you handle that is on you. That is all about you.
1: What is your thought on her observation?
0: About what though? What, what observation?
1: The, the, what the men and women did in her class.
0: Oh yeah. It makes total sense. It makes total sense that men would be like, oh yeah, have an emotional connection with somebody. I don't, uh, that means nothing to me in terms of like physically who you're with because it is this idea of physically possessing someone. It's like you're a mine. And the idea of someone else being, Bill Burr used to have this bit a long time ago um, about, or maybe it was just something he said about cheating in general, where like a woman has to accept a man in her. Like she has to she has to let a man enter her. And that seems like much more of a violation to men Than an emotional letting someone in emotionally, because in their minds, also women are more emotional creatures. So it's more likely that they would have an emotional connection with somebody else. And that's fine to them, because to a lot of men, I think having an emotional connection to their partner is a burden, which I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but I'm saying having that emotional connection to somebody can be looked at by a lot, and especially a lot of old school toxic male, like toxic, the stereotypical toxic male people. Are the ones that look at you as a physical possession. Right. So, who cares about your emotions? Okay. I don't care if you're emotionally connected to somebody else that you may eventually leave me for, as long as y'all have not actually had sex. Yeah. Because yeah. you are mine. It's a very mind, 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 mind mentality with a lot of. I think the men that probably put their hands down were all probably kind of toxic. Probably. Well, because there is such a thing as peer pressure. And there are men that may have looked at that and thought, well, all my friends have raised their hands for this. So I guess I better do that too. So discounting like, you toxic, yeah, it you still know. makes you, well, it makes you weak. I don't know that it makes you toxic. It makes you weak minded.
1: You're willing, you're willing to um, reinforce toxic things, which makes you toxic. It's just, Even if it's because of weakness, you're still willing to reinforce the idea yeah. that it's okay. I understand
0: the thought. I mean, I don't 100% agree that they're toxic, but I, cause I do believe that people are, they succumb to peer pressure more often than not. Yeah. And what it says about their character can be tricky right. because there's so much more involved than just labeling somebody toxic because they yeah, follow but, along but with the crowd. To
1: toxicity.
0: They're enabling toxicity 100%. To,
1: either way. But I don't. Like- if we take away the word toxic and we use the word abusive, yeah, they themselves may not be causing the abuse, but they're seeing it and saying, screw it. I'm going to say that it's okay. But that's what I'm saying.
0: Start- like, they If you use the word abuse, they're still yeah. not abusing. No, they're, they're, not- they're enabling it, but they're not abusing. So I can't call someone toxic for enabling toxicity, but I can say you're not helping the situation just because you're not acting toxic. You're still adding to the pot.
1: But that's assuming that just because they yes. feel that way when they're in the actual relationship, they're not going to behave that way.
0: Yeah, that's you know that, what there's also like assuming that they will behave that way. So assumption right. can go either way.
1: Well, I, I'm not saying it can yeah. I'm saying that either way, the problem in that situation, whether they actually are toxic or not, is the fact that they're still enabling this toxic idea. Of I do ownership. also
0: wonder... What year was this that she was doing this? She was 18. How old is she now? Like, I, I mean, wonder. Yeah, I'm I'm curious as to like, I mean, even probably wasn't that long ago, honestly. She doesn't look very much older than yeah. maybe mid-20s, early 30s. Yeah. But it's interesting to know what generation she was going to school with, because I don't think that would happen nowadays with a lot of the Gen Z kids or even some, I don't know if Gen millennials Z would still definitely. be in
1: college. No. Millennials, millennials are out
0: of college, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't see this happening with the college students today because of awareness and stuff like that. But, you know, I think it's really interesting. And I know a lot of people have mixed feelings on this. I had a friend who had an emotional affair. Um, he was with this woman for, he was with his wife or not his wife. She was his girlfriend at the time for about seven or eight years and things had started to kind of fizzle. And he happened to meet someone, uh, and really liked her. They started talking, they started texting and things just continued from there. And they got very deep into their feelings. And it was, it was very, it was very difficult for her. And it took him a while to understand why she was so hurt by it when she found out. Cause to him, it was just sharing your feelings with somebody and having someone to talk to I don't know that they necessarily had ever said anything sexual to each other, but I know it was a heavily emotional relationship that he had with this other woman. And he couldn't understand why it was such a big deal until they went to couples therapy and it was kind of broken down for him. But it's something that happens, it happens more often than people think.
1: No, yeah. I mean, I think people do think I'm surprised she was even shocked. I'm surprised that, that, yeah. that it's like, why the fact that you were shocked that men are possessive is it is kind of weird to me that you didn't think that that would be the case like i i can only speak from my own experience and in my yeah. experience i cheated on someone and i cheated on someone physically and my thing was um i and this is just where i am i don't believe in cheating now because i've learned that lesson and it's less about him and it's more about how i felt about myself and what i should have decided but his whole your tainted thing in itself was a problem to mm-hmm. me because you literally are peeing on someone. You know what I mean? Like, and so there's where, and no, no offense to your friend, but I, I call bullshit that you don't know that a woman would see emotions as, you know, just because it's not physical. I call bullshit because of how aware men are at the fact that women are emotional creatures. Yeah. Like Men are aware of that. Right. So, like, and just the way women are aware that men are physical creatures. So, was I aware that my ex was going to be a, um, really hurt by that truth? Yes. I know he was going to be hurt by the physicalness more than if it was just an emotional situation. He would have been hurt regardless, because yes, men still can get hurt that you're getting to know someone else or you're close to someone else. But one is getting hurt on the on the side of him that likes you. The yeah. other one is getting hurt on the side of his ego. His, that part is like, oh, hell no. Like, then what do I need you for if you could just be out in these streets, which is a different conversation entirely. I have
0: a question, um, because I've been on both sides of the cheating spectrum. I have been the cheater and the cheatee. Neither one feels great, by the way. Right. Um, the assumption is that being the cheater, you just don't care about the other person's feelings. And that's not the case at all. Um, I know in my case, I was wildly unhappy and I was uh, my mistake was definitely not being forthright and being like, hey, I'm really unhappy and we need to talk about this Um, and just being selfish and greedy and stupid. Do you struggle with forgiving yourself? Because I struggle with forgiving myself for sure.
1: It depends on the situation. Okay. Like, what do you mean? Like, do I struggle forgiving myself with that specific person?
0: Yeah, with that specific person, but also like in general, because of the view of women who cheat, because I feel like when men cheat, it's looked at as like, oh, well, you know, he's a guy, men wander, they cheat. But when a woman cheats, I feel like there is so much more negativity surrounding it.
1: Um. Yeah, because it goes back to possession, right? Mm-hmm. So did, did I, because where I am now is very different, but at the time I didn't struggle and this is going to sound so heartless. Cause he fucking deserved it simple as that he deserved it now what i struggled with was coming to the realization that i should have left Yeah. simple as that i struggled with the fact that girl you didn't have to cheat you needed to bounce. that's yeah. what it was you would have not been labeled a cheater had you been like this isn't working this is what you did this is not changing so i'm out so i struggled yeah. with accepting my weakness to leave more than I struggled with, did I cheat on him? Oh, else well, you wanna know why? Because he never struggled with what he did that ignited what I did. It was a it was an action reaction. Both of us were wrong in the end and both of us needed to not be in it. So that's why yeah. I didn't struggle, but I don't think I, at me, I don't come from a world of men. And so be, when you come from a matriarchy and just women in general, you kind of have a fuck men mentality from jump. So I yeah, can
0: The Catherine's gonna stay away from my son.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Fuck men you're with, not like
0: oh, okay. <laughs> not men in general. Just-
1: no, no. I mean, because I I think there's a, not when I say when I mean by fuck men, it's like when you're in relationships and somebody's treating someone badly, yeah. that's a different situation. And when and when I say fuck men, I'm also actually alluding more to fuck the patriarchy more than anything. So yeah. I don't think you're going to raise a chauvinistic man. Well, so not I,
0: anymore, Catherine.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I, I, yeah. if you did, then he, well, by the time he hits 18 to 21, he's going into that category for someone similar to me. It's the same yeah, category.
0: I don't doubt that my son will make his mistakes. But as somebody who's, you know, raising someone who right now is my son. Whatever choice he makes in the future, I will support. But right now I am raising him as my son, as a male. And so until he can tell me he wants to be raised and treated otherwise, that's how I'm raising him. And so the idea is to raise him to be a very in-tune person and keep all the toxicity that I that I grew up with that I know about, not just talking about toxic male stuff, but toxicity in general, coming from generational issues when, you know, you're raised in a generation that, you know, raised kids with an iron fist versus understanding, you know, talk about fear mongering. A lot of parents, that's how they kept their kids in line Mm
1: -hmm.
0: is I'm going to keep you afraid of me because you're tinier than me and I can intimidate you. And I'm the authority figure around here, which only teaches children to fear authority. And so the idea is to raise him to be a more evolved human being. Yeah. Um, That's, I mean, that's a journey in itself as a mom.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, going back to the, the cheating thing, I will say, here's the irony about my situation. What my ex did was emotional cheating. So therefore I physically cheated. Wow. That's
0: interesting. Yeah. That is interesting because for my situation, it definitely was just, um, I was told, that he, he told me he wasn't in love with me,
1: Mm.
0: but didn't want me to leave.
1: So then he cheated.
0: He didn't cheat, but there was no real, I I knew I wasn't loved. And I was, I was really in love at the time. And I think I was so broken by the fact that it was like, he literally told me, I don't love you. Like you love me. And when I tried to break up with him, he didn't want to break up with me.
1: So where's the cheating?
0: the cheating came when I met someone like this was this relationship went on for approximately five years and I was told probably at three years that he didn't love me and I kept trying to make it work and make it work and then I met somebody who knew the right things to say if I'm honest to somebody who was at her wits end on how to make a relationship work because I was so married to this concept of being with one person and, and making it work with one person and, and really working to just stay in my comfort zone, essentially. Cause at any point, even if he didn't want me to break up with him, I could have just walked.
1: Right. So you know yeah, is mean? actually the same situation in the sense of you should have walked away.
0: Yeah. 100%. I should have walked away. 100%. I should have walked away. I, I did regret it immediately though. I did regret it immediately.
1: Don't get me wrong, my I had a conscience, so I regret yeah. the act of, damn, I, but that was one once I had the wake up call of, I should have ended it with him, right? Um, but then I was, because I was fighting the, no, would you want to be with him? Do you want to be with him? I basically had to live in a version of guilt, but it was because instead of picking up the phone and going, yeah, baby, I ain't never come home no more. Because I didn't do that. It was like, I need to be like, um, I need to make this work. Mm -hmm. And then there goes, into that goes into the, how do I tell on myself? Yeah. That's where guilt lives. How do I tell on myself? And am I willing to live with the consequences if I still want to be with this person? That's the worst.
0: I think he knew because one night I just didn't come home and we were living together. And I just didn't come home, and I didn't call, and I didn't answer my phone, and we broke up. I think the next day.
1: I would assume. Yeah.
0: I I was like, like I came home, and it was just like, yeah, we're done.
1: You see, but that's you know going to the to the TikTok. That's both um the physical and the emotional. Mm -hmm. So in that situation, you didn't do one; you did both. Yes. You know, in mine, it was like, we didn't live together. So on the, on a day that we weren't together. Yeah. That's when it went down. He would have been none the wiser if I didn't tell on myself.
0: Yeah. But I knew I was already in the doghouse. Like I knew I was like, well, you, you messed up. You really screwed this one up.
1: But would you have told on yourself? Yes. That's a lot of, that's a bigger question. Would you? Cause a lot, I know a lot, you know, like I, I, again, I grew up with an older sister who was like, um, I will take certain things to the grave. And I, I get it. I get it to each its own. My thing is where I do have a conscious, I go, um, I need to let this off because I, you know, what's weird. I believe that when we die, we find out everything. And that's I funny because know.
0: I low-key believe the same thing. I think we find out everything.
1: Everything. Everything that we needed to know, everything we didn't know. And I always thought in my mind, which is absurd because, again, I should have left this person, but um, I always thought in my mind, if I end up with this person, right, and if if and if and they're on their dying bed and I'm the last person they see, and then the minute they wake up in purgatory, because that's where he's probably going, Yeah. When he wakes up in purgatory, the first thing he finds out is that I changed
0: They're going to slide him a little report card of your behavior and they're going to be like,
1: check out page three. (laughs) That is like, that's the one, and you want to know why? Here's the uh, the other irony. I didn't want it because then when I die and go to purgatory, we're going to fight in for an eternity (laughs) over what he found out.
0: He's going to be like, mm, interesting. Have a seat, Catherine. Yeah, I don't think I could. I always inadvertently end up telling on myself anyway. I'm terrible at holding secrets. I'm terrible at keeping stuff from somebody. Like, it's really difficult for me because one, I wear all of my emotions on my face. All of them. So it's almost impossible for me to properly lie to anybody because at some point you're going to ask me the question and you're going to see the answer right on my face. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, inevitably, I would have told on myself, I would have completely told on myself. And I would have been okay with that. Because part of you, at least for me, I don't know if it was like this for you. Part of me wanted the punishment, because I was so angry at myself. I was like, I kind of need you to hate me as much as I hate myself right now. But my situation was different. I don't think he deserved what I did.
1: Okay, yes. Because I think when I look yeah. back, I think it was meant to hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. My actions were meant to hurt him. And so, I. not that I went and told him on some, like, guess what I did? I didn't do that. Ah, that was, like hilarious,
0: though. So guess what I did? Sit down for a second. I have a slideshow.
1: <laughs> it wasn't like that. Like, I was still worried, and I was still scared, and I was, all of that. But I I do remember in one of our final fights, um, I started actually emulating his behavior. I'm, I noticed that about me, which is I, I mirror. Yeah. Because this is the thing that I have, and this is where I, I do not want to be with certain type of men, which is I don't like people who cannot take the boundary of, I don't like this. And then yeah. they don't understand that. Like, and that's so, not only women, anybody like that. If I tell you, I don't like this and it's not detrimental to your character or your livelihood, then why do you continue now you're do now you're you're actively choosing that so i used to mirror him and one of the things was um he was very um like uh, uh stoic mm-hmm. sometimes and so i remember one of the last fights at one point he was like I when you blah 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 right like in the past and i was like we still on that you're not over it get over it because you deserved it girl Girl, the but here is the thing: I was mirroring his behavior. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing that because I would do that to everybody. Yeah, I just stopped being kind to an unkind person. That's all. Yeah. So I think that that's why probably I'm remembering having less guilt because over time I noticed that I did live an entire relationship of guilt, and now the biggest guilt that I have is looking back and not realizing sooner that he was just a mirror of everything that I needed to focus on in myself and the things I don't need to be surrounding myself in partnerships. I have the guilt of like, I wish I could go back and tell that girl, like, um, you don't need to do this. You you don't, you don't need to, you don't need the headache. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't need that gray hair. Um, but do I feel bad for doing it? I still do not believe that that man feels bad to this day. So no, I don't feel bad. So, you know, what's the weirdest thing though, because I have had this question and I've had this conversation with people about like, how do you feel about letting men that you're interested in know that you've cheated, right? Because for some reason, when you tell that to a man, he feels like, then she's going to do it to me mm-hmm. right? soon. my thing is, I... I can only be with a man who knows that I've cheated before because he needs to understand the reasons why I felt inclined to do certain things. Cheating is not my person, mm-hmm. right? I don't believe cheating is part of your character trait unless you have like a sex addiction, which is different story. Yeah. But I think that cheating is something I, I'm not a one. I don't like even the idea of a, oh, I'm a cheater because it's not like I, oh, I'm cheating on everybody. I'm going to cheat on everybody. No. But if a man can't be with you because he found out you cheated in the past and he knows your reasons, then frankly, you're capable of probably triggering me in the same way that homeboy triggered me in the past. And that's why you really can't be with me.
0: That's a little sus. Yeah, where it's like,
1: okay. I've had people look at me and go, you know something? You look like the type to cheat. And I'll be like, and you look like the type that I would cheat on because you said
0: that. Yep. And you look like the type to make me cheat because you say dumb shit like that.
1: No, no, not make me. They didn't make me. I yeah, but I'm them.
0: saying like your actions would drive me to right. that because you say that shit.
1: Right. But now the cheat, it won't even be cheating because I literally said to men, no, I won't cheat on you. I just did it. Yeah. That's the difference. Now, before you're right, I was the type yeah. to have cheated because that's the insecurity, mm-hmm. right? Right. That's, the, my, that's my ego now. Okay, well, boy, bye. Because clearly if I'm looking somewhere else and if that's your worry, if your worry is that I'm gonna look somewhere else because that's what I did in the past, we probably shouldn't be together in yeah. Like,
0: First of all, I hate this concept that people have that we're not all sometimes low key pieces of shit. Everybody has been selfish. Everybody has been thoughtless it's just part of human nature, you know, survival of yourself is first and foremost for a lot of people. And so I'm sure you got a couple of bodies on your trail too, of people that you've hurt and people that you've disrespected. I hate this concept that, you know, I I remember my ex used to have this thing about people who drank and smoke and he had never drank and never smoked a day in his life. And I'm talking about smoking weed, not cigarettes, cigarettes are gross. Um, but he always had this concept that they were bad people because he never drank or smoked, and that, and that stuff makes you a bad person. And he was legitimately the shittiest person I've ever met in my life. Never drank, never smoked, never cursed a day in his life and was the most judgmental racist individual I had ever met in my life. Now, And it was, it was just mind boggling how people love to act holier than thou or higher, higher up on a pedestal and be like, well, no, you people are bad. You people are terrible.
1: And, and, and even the idea uh, of when you speak of cheating in particular Mm -hmm. idea that for some reason, a woman who's cheated is worse than a man who's cheated because of, oh, well, men are just inclined to sexual like desires in a way that women aren't women don't cheat because they want some dick. Let me make that clear. It's not always you want some, some sex. Women cheat because they want, there's a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of connection reasons. Sometimes it is a big, sometimes I'm sure there's going to. Sometimes
0: it is, but I think it's more, it can be more vindictive coming from a woman because it's usually because she's given herself a reason to be like, okay, fuck this guy. Like it's been, she's given herself a reason. That's the only thing I believe about like the difference between women and men who cheat is like, she, it's mainly it's because she's been hurt
1: men cheat and it has nothing to do with her hmm women cheat and it has everything to do
0: with him, with
1: him. yep and, and that's I insane i don't want to hear any I, I, I otherwise because it's like a woman who tells me no he didn't do anything wrong um i just wanted to cheat then he was the wrong person for you it was still about who you were with right like then, yeah, she's an asshole. She should not be with this person because he's just probably in the comfort of like, he's a good person. And But I'm getting my good, good elsewhere. And those people exist too on both ends of the spectrum. But I think a majority, it's because something is not fulfilled. Because
0: their partner did something. Even if you're talking about lesbian relationships when they've been cheated on, it's because your partner has given you cause to seek affection or emotional connection elsewhere
1: right and now that's not the same as like this is the reason why um you know open relationships exist because there is a difference between people who are just hypersexual and people who don't believe in monogamy those are very different conversations and i believe that if you're in a situation and i have a friend who recently told me this and he was very hesitant he was like i almost feel like i need to not be in a monogamous relationship and his biggest issue right now is figuring out how to word that in the next situation he gets in with somebody because he's almost afraid that there's gonna be no girl who accepts it and I told him no girl's gonna accept it because you yourself haven't become comfortable with that part of your sexuality there's nothing wrong with that once you've accepted that you will start to attract people who accept that
0: that's 100% true. And I'll tell you what, I know there's a friend of mine who has been poly for years, polyamorous, which does not just mean banging several people. Those are several relationships. They have relationships with different people. And every person I know that's poly is incredibly honest and upfront with everyone they're with. And And they say almost exactly that, where it's like, I am not a monogamous person. I'm a polyamorous person. I have several different relationships. I like you. I would like to start something up with you, but I need to know if you're okay with this lifestyle because I don't belong to anyone.
1: Mm. But
0: I can give love to everyone, to and, anyone that I want.
1: And that's harder for a woman yes. than it is for a man.
0: Because I mean, we've been conditioned to believe that if I don't belong to you and if I'm not the only person you're with, then my value goes down.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, and then it's the, the worry of having to become comfortable with the word whore. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, or maybe I just, you know, like different people. And I, you know, not one person does fulfill me. It's like, maybe that's just what it is. Me personally, I am, um, monogamous person. Like I prefer monogamy in a serious situation. I've been in like situations where it's been like, um, people I know that they're talking to multiple people but there's still the honesty there Mm -hmm. but it's not an actual relationship you know yeah I think
0: there was a part of my there was a time in my life where I think I could have been poly but I think I'm way past it right now I think there is a time when I could have probably experimented with it and tried it but I'm too lazy that's a lot of people to see that's a lot of people to remember that's that's too much planning. I want that one person that I can come home with, that I can come home to, and be like, you know, let's get some chicken wings and let's watch some Family Guy and let's tap out at the end of the night and just fall asleep.
1: I'm also, uh, I'll tell you this, and I've not, I've talked to multiple people. I can't say that I've slept with multiple people at the same time. Like, that's that, and it, that, that's not a judgment. I just that's not something I've done. But the reason is um, pH balance, baby. Like. <laughs> Yo, that's no, true. My, I, I, hygiene is very important to me, and I think that the one or two times I probably slept with somebody within the same like month radius, I noticed a difference in my, my PA. I Didn't like that, you know. When I was like, it's not it's that there's multiple things happening here. So you need to get it together, Cameron. So yeah, yeah I think that's a reason for me.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, let's get into our dear Gina uh, for today. Although I really do love that discussion that we just had. I really think it's important that women talk about these things. And so, I mean, for me, I've never heard women openly discuss stuff like this. And that's always been like an issue for me because I'm like, I don't think women talk about this enough so that we have a full understanding. Let me put this down. Sorry, my phone was buzzing. So I have to move it. (laughs) I have to move my phone a little bit.
1: Actually, uh, uh, just to put this out there, if you are listening and you're a woman and you think Gina and I should do something where we, whether it's a live or anything like that, where we have a bigger discussion where we can include other women and ask questions. And I don't even talk about your experiences with being a cheater and why your reasons and your rationale that would be really interesting just
0: like yes. hit, us- hit us up and let us know um but no hate please i don't deal with hate well i delete you and i block you so you won't be hurt they <laughs> can just like you i'll read it and then i'll block you and delete you we're looking for an open honest discussion yeah. not something that's fueled by insecurities and hate so please don't bother right. um and so if <laughs> I just, I just know that there will be some people that'll sneak in there, like you guys are terrible, and how can you okay this and blah blah blah. Okay, whatever. I have my feelings about that. We'll do, we'll save that for like another discussion, and we'll get into our dear Gina now. Um, dear Gina, I'm Latina, but third generation, and it's safe to say I understand basic Spanish, but wouldn't ever say I speak it in a job interview. Still, I have people constantly approaching me in Spanish, and the other day I wondered. Is it disrespectful or flattering when someone assumes you speak Spanish? Um, Okay, this is something that I've talked about with a lot of my fellow, you know, um, Latina, Latino, Latinx, however you want to identify yourself, uh, but people in my life, in my circle. Uh, For me personally, when people would talk Spanish to me, I would feel flattered because not everybody thinks that I speak Spanish. So when someone would speak Spanish to me, I would be honored because it was finally somebody who knew like, Hey, you're Latina, but because of my fair skin, and because of the fact that I don't have any discernible accent, really, people did not know if I spoke Spanish. So they would assume I only spoke English and always speak English to me. Now I will admit my Spanish has improved over the years because my Spanish was not as good as it is now, even five years ago. Um, but it's gotten a lot better. And so when people talk to me in Spanish, I am actually very honored that they want to talk to me in Spanish. But I know people who are identifiably ethnic looking, where it's like my mom has an olive skin tone. And yeah. so she people look at her like, okay, she clearly speaks some foreign language and most likely is Spanish. And so I can understand for somebody who is maybe identifiably ethnic, who's not white passing like me, and I'll be a hundred percent, I'm white passing. It's why I can walk into casting rooms and- People will be like, you could play Greek, you could play Italian, you could play whatever, because I'm white passing. But because for that reason, I think I was always, whenever somebody identified me immediately as Latina, I would be like, oh my God, yay, I am. This is so exciting. But I understand how it can come across as disrespectful, especially for people who are not Spanish speaking. When you have somebody who's Middle Eastern, who gets mistaken for Latino all the time, or Indian and gets mistaken for Latino all the time, or whatever race you are. So I can understand how it could be disrespectful for me personally if I'm answering this as a personal question, I would say for me, it is flattering. It's not disrespectful.
1: I've never actually put much thought into this, honestly. Like if it's flattering or disrespectful or well, insulting, was that the wording?
0: Uh, is it disrespectful or flattering? Yeah, disrespectful yeah. or flattering.
1: For me personally, I'm used to it. I'm used to people assuming that I know Spanish and that doesn't bother me. But um, I have been around people because people do that to me. I have been around people and I've been more conscious of not assuming that of others because I have seen people get offended. Um, and most of that offense comes from the, like this person, I'm third generation. And then therefore their, their um, connection to the language is a little further. So what they're more upset at is probably the reminder that they probably don't have that language connection the way that a first generation or a second generation may. Um, so I don't think it's disrespectful. But I do find it interesting that for myself, I don't like it when I get, when I start to speak Spanish and my Spanish is, you know, um, joke, I, I joke and say it's Yono Sabo. It's not Yono Sabo. Um, cause I definitely Sabo, but it's, <laughs> it's, um, my Spanish is more, uh, uh, Chaki cocky falaki, like it's it's a little mixed mixed up, and so I feel like my Spanish in particular has that like Spanglish, that like uh it's it's I don't it's not New York although I have, my, I have uh Rican uh um influences, but it has New Yo in, in um in, you know what I mean like uh what is it e- e- New York Dorian? I don't know whatever the Ecuadorian version is, um. So my Spanish, sometimes I get offended when the Spanish itself is judged, when people go, um, oh, you're, oh, but you don't sound Ecuadorian or you don't speak like Ecuadorians or shouldn't South Americans have like really great Spanish. And it's like, I'm from Brooklyn, like, dude, (laughs) you know, bear with me what you get I don't dislike the assumption I dislike the 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 judgment that comes behind the fact that did you understand me did I understand you because even though you don't phonetically like the sound of yo no sabo tu me entendiste you understood so cool like we could we can communicate I think that's where I feel I I fall on this
0: I 100% understand that because my accent and the terminologies I use are completely all over the place. I have a very Mexican accent when I speak Spanish because 90% of the Spanish I spoke has been with my Mexican friends. And I was with somebody for seven years who was Mexican, went to a church that had primarily Mexican members and the, all the preachings were in Spanish. I sang in Spanish. So a lot of the accents I learned were Mexican accents. And that's some of the terminology I use is Mexican, but then some of the terminology I use is Puerto Rican. And so, it's very confusing when people hear me speak Spanish, they don't know where I'm from. So I understand not liking the judgment because I can totally tell when people are judging me when I tell them I'm Puerto Rican and they're like, you don't sound Puerto Rican. I
1: have a question. Is yeah. it worse to, because I feel like it's worse to, uh, not to me, but just societally. Yeah. It's worse to sound New York than it is to sound Mexican.
0: 100 percent um there is a there's definitely more of a stigma um about sounding new Eurekan, meaning using more spanglish than actual spanish that is definitely frowned upon and looked down upon versus sounding mexican they'd rather i have a mexican accent and use mexican terminology but at least sound like i know what i'm saying versus sounding like it's a cop-out like spanglish spanglish is where i used to be at now i definitely speak spanish like spanglish was the beginning you know, because I was raised with both cultures, so.
1: I, I think that um, the other issue in, in what we're speaking about, particularly, is the fact that a lot of Caribbean Spanish is constantly judged. Mm-hmm. Even if It's island Puerto Rican, right? I feel like um, even islanders who, ha- who are fluent in Spanish, their accents are judged, their dialects are judged. And so, therefore, when I say certain words, like, I'll say a word that I may have um, learned because like my nanny growing up nanny, la mujer que me cuido. You know?
0: <laughs> the lady whose house my mom dropped me off at. Uh, the,
1: yes. The, uh, my, my, her name was Lucy. She's Boricua. And she, there's words I learned from just them and the community in general. So even within my own family or the one time I went to Ecuador or when I'm talking to others, I may say a word that's, popular in the caribbean you know in caribbean islands because it's not only puerto rico also dr um and 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 any spanish-speaking caribbean islands i feel like then within south central and north america meaning mexico love to go that's not that word doesn't exist that's not the proper word and it's just rude because on top of it did you understand me like that's really my you understood
0: what i said right
1: right you understood the words that were coming out of my mouth then why must you correct me why do you need to you know what I mean I also this is a rant this is like a a, for another episode but I don't think you know the way people go you shouldn't make fun of people who are learning English and because they know two languages and that is much harder and you shouldn't laugh if they mess up Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say something I grew up not liking when people laughed at my mother for her broken English, but I don't like it when Latinos do it to um, people whose first language was in, and they love to do it. They'll be the first one. Love it. To say, oh, don't make fun of me for my, my my Spanish accent or English is my second language. Don't make fun of me for Spanish being my second language like that. Yep. And they always hide behind, but you're Latina, so you should have it fluent excuse me i was
0: legit about to say the same thing that it brings into question your latinidad if you don't speak spanish the way they think you should speak spanish or the way like i went through a whole thing with somebody i've known for years who kept spewing the same thing every time he would see me oh you're not really that latina you talk about how how you're not that latina and it's because he assumed i didn't speak spanish he assumed i knew nothing of my own culture And it was all this assumption he made because I don't openly speak Spanish with him. Well, then we got to Madrid and he hears me speaking Spanish and he's like, oh, you speak Spanish? And I'm like, yeah, you probably should have asked first to assume, but you assumed I didn't, which brought in your mind, which brought all of my Latinidad into question. It it, uh, sort of like, what's, what he's worth, what he's worth I'm looking for. Um, Invalidates, I think is the word, something like that invalidates I think is the word I'm looking for what what I am like yeah. now you're taking that away from me because you think I should sound look and act a certain way
1: a hundred percent and that so in that sense I would be disrespectful, I would feel dishes but the assumption in itself like yourself like um I don't I've been in spaces where people can identifiably see that I have indigenous so I get that I, they, that's where they you know my accent they know you know right there but I have also been in situations where people will assume Italian where people mm-hmm. will assume probably like half something so yeah. I've literally had people be like you could be Jewish you could be um half Asian half white I've had people say that still I like to say although I am light-skinned I, no matter what, I'm always of, I'm always, I'm, I'm always identified as the ethnic whites. Mm-hmm.
0: One I'm of the ethnic whites.
1: People. I'm never Anglo. It's like you could, you're an ethnic white. That's what you come off as. So either way, there's ethnic. So I think that's something I like when I hear the word white passing, I go, I hear it. I understand it. I see where it's coming for me, myself. Yeah. Nothing about this that looks Anglo. Although there is something here that looks peninsula. So I hear you. Yeah. Let's keep the ethnic because it's there.
0: Yeah. No, you are right. When I say white passing, I've never been mistaken for Anglo ever, but I have been mistaken for Greek, for Italian, never for Jewish, but yes, for half Asian, which is very weird. But yeah, people have said that to me too. I've always been very, yeah. Identifiable as an ethnic white, like when they look at me, ethnic white for sure. And there's a difference, people. There's a difference. Just like there's a difference between an Anglo person who grew up in the suburbs versus an Anglo person who's hood, who's from the hood and has hood experience.
1: Right. You but, know. And even in that, like when I've been when I've been confused for, um, I, I mean, I wouldn't even tell you what it is, but I know it's Asian because mm-hmm. I live in a building with predominantly Asian people. At, well.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah. I,
1: Um, Because I live around Chinatown and I've had people talk to me and I don't know what language because I can't sit here and tell you whether it was Chinese, whether it's Korean. I don't know what language it was, but I'm not offended. If anything, I feel bad. I'm not offended. I can't help you. Right. I'm not like... How dare you not know that I'm Latina? No, I'm like, oh damn, I wish I knew how to speak what you think I look like.
0: <laughs> yeah, let me grab my Google Translate real quick and see if I can help you out. Can you tell me what language you speak in?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think
0: this was a this was fun, guys. That brings us to the end of our episode, and this was really fun. Exactly. I feel really good about this. I feel like this is really good. This is our four star <laughs> four star episode, guys. Um, uh, Catherine, tell the lovely people where they can find you.
1: Uh, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Catherine G. Mendoza. The same thing on TikTok. No dot Catherine G. Mendoza. On Twitter, is at Kathy K. A. T. H. I. E. Grace G. R. A. C. E. Two four. Here you can find me. Yeah,
0: that's it. <laughs> Here you can find me. A mess in progress. Uh, you guys know you can find me at G. on Instagram. Uh, G. eighty on the TikTok. And check out the floor's lava on Amazon, and I have some stuff coming up soon that I can't wait to tell you guys about. But as soon as I can, I will. But until then, it's hush hush. Just sit in anticipation uh, <laughs> until you guys know. Uh, yeah, and thank you for joining us. today. wait, Catherine? Yes.
1: Um, and if you're listening, follow our TikTok. If you're on TikTok, yes, yeah, at um, Mess in Progress Podcast and And you'll know because if Gina and I are following the page, that is the message. Because we do still have a copycat, trying to get rid of that, at Mess in Progress podcast.
0: Yes, at Mess in Progress podcast. Check the followers. Make sure we are following. Me and Catherine are following that account. That is the account you want to add. There's
1: nothing Um, on it yet, though. We're still working on
0: that. So if you see posts, then you know, it's not the one because there's nothing on it yet. We're still working on our content, but please do go ahead and add us because we're going to start putting up stuff. Um, and it's going to be dope because we're pretty much amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm on my positive vibes this morning because I've had coffee. Uh, all right, guys, you know, I like to end the show with a piece of advice. My mom gives me to this day. So when life throws a lot at you, take it one catastrophe at a time. Until next time, guys. Juices. Bye, everybody. I in it like okay. Yeah, do it like that yeah. You the kind of chick that's ready to fight back yeah. Looks damn good, but really she type bad mm-hmm. Go to sleep, I call him a
1: night cat
0: Born killer, you a born killer don't mm. get him gon go don't go get him mm.